The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Outside the Huddle, featuring your host, Lemont Williams, with co-host Jacob Greer. This program is a great resource for players making career transitions, as well as a place to discuss this week's top sports stories. Now, here are your hosts, Lemont Williams and Jacob Greer. Voice of America, welcome back to another week of Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Network. I'm Lemont Williams, and my co-host is Jacob Greer. And to join the show, you can call us at 1-888-346-9144, or you can email us at LemontWilliamsSports at Yahoo.com. Jacob, how's your week so far? Well, uh, Lemont, so far, uh, so good. Got a chance to get a little golf in at the beginning of the week, but uh, hey, so far, so good. Yeah, same here, man. I'm uh, little girl's birthday today, she's turning three, so been doing the father thing all day but uh excited about being on air man and let's get, get the sports talk uh going here today on the show we'll go around the nfl uh, we'll discuss the houston Texans second week of organized team activity we'll play my interview from uh from the otas with houston Texans running back uh, ron Moats. invite irr sports and entertainment public relations president and founder john ingosby to the show but first, Jacob, let's go ahead and recap the NBA playoffs from last week and uh, this week so far, starting with the uh, Lakers and Nuggets game three. Pretty much, Jacob, uh, in game three, Kobe dropping, you know, 41 points. Trevor Reza hitting the clutch, you know, with those clutch steals in the final minutes kind of helped the Lakers win uh, that victory there against, against the Nuggets and take the 2-1 lead in the Western Conference final. Yeah, but Denver came on and uh, sent a message to the uh, Lakers uh, by stealing one of those games in Los Angeles. So, you know, the Lakers were going to come in focused, and that, that's what they did. And uh, they came in and got game three from Denver. Yeah, they, they pretty much went into Denver and, and did their thing, which was set up game four. Uh, 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 I'm sorry, uh, the Lakers losing the game three uh, uh, and game four. But, then, I mean, game four, the Lakers losing – and, and the Nuggets kind of put up a, a dominant effort in game four, tying the series two to two. Well, you know Denver was not going to go back to Los Angeles down 3-1, and it was a must-win situation uh, for, for Denver. Even though Kobe, uh, you know, led the Lakers with uh, 34, uh, it was a must-win for Denver, and they, uh, they, they, they lived up to that billing. Yeah, the Nuggets out-rebounded the Lakers and pretty much gave a great performance, had great performance off the bench with the bench players, uh, uh, despite Carmelo Anthony being, being banged up uh, uh, during that game. Let's go ahead and move to the Eastern Conference Finals. Jacob, uh, starting with Game 3 with the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Orlando Magic. Uh, what else can we say about our boy LeBron King James hitting that amazing buzzer beat a shot in Game 2? 
However, uh, you know, Orlando Magic bounced back. Dwight Howard dropping 24 points in the physical game, kind of taking that series lead 2-1. to one. Yeah, and, you know, uh, uh, with LeBron hitting that last second shot, Orlando came home and protected, uh, you know, that first game at home court, at home court, even though, you know, they were able to steal a game in Cleveland. Yeah. Let's go ahead and talk about game four. Man, what a game last night, Jacob. Uh, King James hitting those clutch two free throws at the end, sending it in overtime. Uh, I really thought the, the, the Cavaliers were going to pull it off, but uh, Dwight Howard dropping 10 points in overtime. And then and, and pretty much Rashad Lewis and, 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 uh, and, and supporting Cavs dropping a bunch of three-pointers. The, the Magic st- uh, stepped up and, and heading to Cleveland with a 3-1 to lead. Well, one of the things that I picked up last night in watching that game, Lamont, was that Cleveland has some serious matchups uh, problems uh, with Orlando. Uh, you know, LeBron is pretty much doing what he can do, and it seems like a one-man show right now. But LeBron need his other players or teammates to uh, step up and, and, and help in terms of uh, Cleveland trying to garner a victory somewhere uh, along the way. Yeah, you mentioned matchups. I really still think that the Cleveland Cavaliers have a chance to win um, due to the fact they had a great home season, home game or home winning season at the, at, in their building. But uh, I think uh, the Cavaliers need to find a way to kind of stop the mismatch against Rashard Lewis. They have him playing that power forward at the fourth spot. And if you put Joe Smith or any other big man on him, Ben Wallace, he pretty much, you know, take him out to the paint and do his thing. So I, I really think the Cavaliers can – least get one or two wins out of this uh, this home trip and, and make it a game seven. Well, Lamar, one thing you got to understand is, you know, Rashad Lewis can play the three other four, and there's no way that Ben Wallace and Joe Smith is going to stay with Rashad Lewis in the open floor. So Cleveland has to make uh, some, some adjustments somewhere down the line. Maybe they go small, but uh, they're going to have to make some adjustments. Yeah, I agree with you, but, you know, they need to make that change as soon as possible because if they – trying to make a, a comeback and, and trying to turn the series around. They need to make it a, a ASAP. But, Jake, let's, let's talk about an article that I saw in ESPN uh, this past weekend, L.A. Clippers. It was a rumor that the L.A. Clippers is considered trading their number one pick to kind of move uh, uh, Byron Davis to Memphis or Oklahoma. And when I saw that, Jacob, I really thought that was a crazy, crazy move. If, if it deal goes through, I think it would be a crazy move because you got to understand the, the Clippers uh, – invested in Byron Davis about a year ago from out of Oakland, and he didn't pan out this past season. But when you got a guy like Blake, Blake Griffin on the board, man, you, you got to take him first and, uh, and try to build your team around a guy like Blake Griffin. Well, I tell you what, I, you know, I, I, you know, there's rumors, and I, I just don't see the Clippers uh, 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 trading that first pick because one thing that Blake Griffin brings to you is he brings offensive power under the goal. He can play either the four or the five. Now, let me say this. The Clippers have Marcus Camby, who they acquired from Denver, and they also have Zach uh, uh, Randolph, who they acquired from New York. Zach is more of a defensive-type guy. Marcus Camby is an offensive-type guy, but he was injured most of the season. Now you bring Blake Griffin in. Now you're getting offensive you know, power from the three or the four, and I just think he adds something to the uh, offense for the L.A. Clippers, and that's what they need in order to be a better team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another article came out. Detroit Pistons basketball star Richard Hamilton filed a lawsuit last week against his former business management for stealing about a million dollars from Jacob. 
uh, you know, Jacob, <laughs> here's a situation where a player, you know, kind of put his trust into his friend slash business management and got business manager and got burnt. Uh, I really, after reading the article and put my own opinion to it, I really don't think uh, what motivated Rip Hamilton is, is, is not money. However, I do feel like he felt like he was betrayed by a good friend that he gave access to his bank accounts. Well, this goes back to when uh, when Hamilton was at the University of Connecticut because Joshua Knockinson, he was the team manager or student manager for the team at that time, and he later became, you know, Hamilton's business person. Uh, but, you know, he's also under investigation, uh, Lamont, if you didn't know this, for uh, improper recru- recruiting allegations at uh, Connecticut. So, uh, you know, this is a bad situation. Uh, you know, Hamilton trusted the guy, and it just didn't pan out the way that, that he expected it to. Yeah, I, I, I kind of knew about that story about the improper, uh, uh, with the violations, with the recruiting there. And I think what Ripper's trying to do is stay ahead of the story. He's kind of letting everybody know that, hey, because when you know, an investigation comes down and they trace the money, it's going to show it was coming from uh, Rip Hamilton's uh, American Express card. So I think uh, Rip kind of standing ahead of the story. He kind of pointed out there that, um, that his credit card has been used without his authorization. Uh, Jacob, uh, former Houston Rockets and three-time NBA champion Sam Cassell announced his retirement last week. As soon as he announced his retirement, he, he made a statement stating that he was joining the Washington Wizards coaching staff. Uh, in my opinion, Sam Cassell was a leader. For the most part, here in Houston, on the floor and off the floor, and I think he brings instant credibility, Jacob, to uh, as a proven winner to the Washington Wizards bench. Well, Lamar, even when he was here in Houston, you know, as a rookie and as a point guard on that you know '93 and '94 championship team. You know, you could tell that that guy was going to be a leader. And, uh, you know, throughout his career in the NBA, you know, he have always directed offenses and showed younger players, you know, how to get things done. And I just think this is a great addition for Flip Sanders over at Washington to add uh, Sam Cattell to that to that staff. Yeah, he, he'd be a great addition. And I, I like the fact that he, he's making that transition right away into the coaching, uh, coaching arena. Uh, Jacob, let's go ahead and talk about this Dirk Nowitzki situation up in Dallas, man. Uh, to recap for the listeners out there, Dirk Nowitzki, uh, on May 6th, he, got, uh, he called the police on his former fiancé slash girlfriend, Krista Taylor, uh, after discovering that she had two warrants in two different states. Uh, Jacob, for the most part, man, I really don't blame Dirk Nowitzki for, for, for making that decision for turning his girlfriend. However, a report came out, I guess, this week stating that you know his girlfriend is pregnant, so now he's in a whole other situation. So all in all, this, this, this is kind of like an odd story for me, uh, for Derek Nowinski uh, being involved, involved in. I just want to know how he's going to turn it around and, 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 and make the best of it. Well, I, you know, Lamont, it, it's a bad situation, you know, for Dirk and, and, his, and his, you know, the people that are around him. Uh, but, you know, they have to find a way to, uh, you know, make sure that, you know, the people that he's associated with, you know, are good people. And, uh, you know, I think after uh, this situation, it's, you know, they're probably going to do that from this day forward. But, you know, it's a situation now where, you know, she's pregnant and, you know, he's just going to have to live with those issues and try and, you know, make the best of them or, you know, try and clear up, clear up as much as he can, but, you know, overall, it, it's, it's a bad situation for his camp. Yeah. Well, Jacob, is that, is that time for us to uh, take a short break? After this short <clears throat> break, we'll come back. We invite uh, 
uh, sports entertainment public relations president and founder John Ingoldsby to the to the show as well as talk about the NFL in segment three. Next on Outside the Huddle with Lee Mott Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Well, I was out with my girlfriends the other night. On my way back to my car, a guy jumped out from behind an SUV. Fortunately, I had my taser from spyunlimited.com. That was a close one. The tools you need to protect yourself are right here. SpyUnlimited.com carries non-lethal self-defense weapons such as stun guns, pepper sprays, and tasers to help you defend and protect yourself and family when you need it most. You'll also find a large inventory of top quality professional supplies for security and law enforcement agencies, home, child, and personal alarms, asset protection, hidden safes, spy gear, and other unique gifts and gadgets. Call us at 1-323-515-458. Nine or click on the spyunlimited.com banner on this internet channel. Internet channel. Internet channel. From the vantage point, Mafatu saw six war canoes drawn up on the beach. But what held the boys' eyes in awful trance were the figures, the eaters of men, cannibals. Mafatu watched the strange scene, powerless to move. In that very instant, he heard a crashing in the undergrowth. Four figures were tearing through the jungle. He turned and ran blindly down the trail, thinking only of its canoe. If only he could reach it before the savages overtook him. Explore new worlds. Find out what happens next by reading the book Call It Courage by Armstrong Sperry. For other great book ideas, visit literacy.gov. A message from the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we... We cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. Jacob, I... I you know, as the as story or as the show keeps going on this year, I always want to invite friends that I meet and, and just guys that's tied into sports. And I, I reached out to a good friend of mine named John uh, Ingoldsby. He's the uh, president and founder of IRR Sports and Entertainment Public Relations. So, uh, John, I welcome you to the Outside the Huddle. 
Thank you, Lamont and Jacob, and uh, I appreciate you both having me on. Okay. Well, John, let's go ahead and you know, talk a little bit here. Uh, tell the listeners a little bit about your sports slash PR background. All right. Uh, well, basically I was a newspaper reporter for nine years where uh, my major focus was sports writing and mostly football. Uh, back in western Pennsylvania where I grew up, where uh, cradle of quarterbacks, where football is king. And, uh, and then after being in newspapers for nine years, uh, I still remained a freelance writer, which I remain to this day. And uh, about 15 years ago, I got into the field of public relations and you know, worked on the corporate side, all the while continuing with my freelance sports writing uh, picking up stories along the way that interested me, what have you. Uh, and then um, uh, back about a decade ago, I started my own public relations firm. And at that point, I combined uh, you know, my journalistic skills with my public relations knowledge and created my company. And uh, so now celebrating uh, 10 years in business and... It's been just a wonderful run, and, you know, the sports business, uh, you know, has always been my passion, and uh, so, you know, following the credo, uh, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life, and certainly I've found that uh, in sports PR. I understand. Uh, let's go in for the listeners out there. You know, how does, how, how does public relations kind of work for uh, today's professional athletes? Well, obviously, in the information age, it's never been more important. And, uh, you know, athletes, uh, one of my focuses is the marriage of entertainment and sports. And to that end, I'm the co-chair of the Public Relations Society of America Entertainment and Sports Section, which is one of the fastest growing in the history of PRSA, uh, which is uh, 20,000 members and a 50-year-old organization. So as we all know, uh, you know, athletes want to be entertainers and entertainers want to be athletes. So a lot of the public relations these days involves getting athletes uh, to appear at various entertainment-related events, uh, also creating their own events, such as foundations. Uh, For instance, Joe Andrusi, former offensive lineman with the Patriots and three-time Super Bowl winner, he uh, created a foundation, and so I helped him do the public relations for his uh, first ever event, which was a few months ago, right up here in Foxborough, uh, outside Boston, where I'm located, and right down the street, literally from Gillette Stadium, where the Patriots play. And you know, my so I wrote the news releases that went out in advance of the event, which was uh, you know very well attended. And then I, you know, called the media, print, broadcast to attend the event. And, you know, there was a lot of footage on all the various TV stations around Boston that night. Uh, We had a huge turnout of media. And probably the best way I can put it is, uh, you know, to get, in this instance, Joe Andrews's sports-related event crossing over onto the page six, if you will, of the New York Post, as, as we know, the entertainment gossip section, so to speak. But the Boston Globe up here, it's called the name section. And, 
you know, we had, uh, you know, coverage both the day of the event, which helped drive attendance. And then just as importantly, they sent a photographer down to the event, took a lot of pictures of uh, Joe with a lot of his former teammates, what have you. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, it was in the next day uh, in the name section. So we're looking to get the athletes off, you know, beyond the sports pages. Still want to keep them on the sports pages, but uh, want them to also appear, you know, in the entertainment section, that type of thing. Okay. Well, uh, you had mentioned uh, John and, and, and young man that she's working with uh, with the Patriots. Have you uh, have you worked with the NFL uh, Players Development Department? Uh, and if so, uh, what have you done so far for them? You know, I have, uh, Lemont and Jacob. Uh, I've been working with Mike Haynes, Hall of Famer and former Patriot and Raider, uh, who has had a, now heads up the uh, NFL Player Development and Employee Department. And I'm working on this for about a year where... Uh, I'm interviewing and talking with various current, various current and active players, coaches, on how they are pursuing their off-field careers. I've literally spoken with everybody from Don Shula to Roger Staubach, you know, to Matt Light, Derek Brooks, uh, John Hanna, for instance. And what it has to do is these are all people who, for the most part, have taken advantage of the player development programs offered uh, by the league. And that includes what's called Broadcast Boot Camp it's down at NFL Films in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. It's a yeah. program that's about five or six years old. Mm-hmm. I spent a day there last, uh, last June. And uh, as part of it, it's a four-day course. It's about 20 current and former players participate and basically they you know do all types of media radio internet um and television you know uh, under the tutelage of people like ron jaworski who was right there that day they did live broadcast on sirius radio network so it really is a boot camp you know meaning there's homework there's you know everything short of a curfew but uh uh, but there's an unofficial curfew, you might say, and you know they the players apply to get in, meaning there's more applicants than uh, attendees, and it's a very very impressive program. And and just recently, another program that uh, player development offers is with four of the most well-known colleges in the United States: Harvard Business School, Wharton. Kellogg at Northwestern and Stanford University Business School. So the NFL for the last uh, number of years has partnered with these schools where they send, again, it's a group of about 20 or so players to these schools for one week uh, right around this time of year. And two of them, uh, Harvard and Wharton, actually bring them back for like a second week. So for those two, it's like a two, three-day stints, about three weeks apart. Um, when they return the second time, they, they, they return with, you know, completed homework from their, their first uh, visit to the school. And basically, uh, you know, they, they attend classes. I actually sat in uh, about a month ago uh, on a class.
class with a Wharton University professor down at the University of Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and uh, and at Harvard Business School uh, just a couple weeks ago, I talked to the faculty who teaches the NFL players, and they're really learning about just a wide range of uh, business you know, opportunities, you might say. For instance, at Wharton, the day I attended, there was a real estate course taught by a very noted professor. Um, you know, Harvard will teach finance, that type of thing. And a lot of it is, you know, some of the players who attend, they know what they want to do, and they're focused on that, and they go for those specific courses. Maybe it's real estate. Maybe they're already into uh, owning some properties, and they want to, uh, become more familiar with the field. Others simply will attend to, uh, you know, to see what type of opportunities are out there and, and what may pique their interest. Yeah. Um, you know, while at Wharton, I had lunch with John Lynch, uh, just very, very recently retired, who's, you know, looks like he's maybe get, getting into some broadcasting. Um, and, you know, Charlie Batch was there, uh, spoke with Charlie, the backup quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, so, you know, what's really fascinating about uh, this terrific NFL program is, you know, really dealing with, you know, the best of the best yeah, the current yeah. and former players. These are highly motivated individuals who recognize that their athletic career is, presents them with a unique opportunity to pursue off-field pursuits after their career has ended, and mm-hmm. you know, there many of them are pursuing the uh, their careers while still playing. Yeah, because on on our show here, we talk about um, a career transition. Uh, right. I have a formula that I came up with: sports plus big business equals wealth. And I heard that. Uh, I like that. And in my own way, you know, you know, I, I kind of took my own intangibles from sports. You know, and, and transferred into the business world, and and so far been successful. So that's what the wealth part comes in. But John, uh, we have less than two minutes before the break, so uh, I want to get your. You have any contact information, any website information for the listeners out there that are looking for uh, a PR in the sports and entertainment business? I certainly do, and thank you for asking. It is www.iirsports.com. Okay, John, well, I appreciate it. Uh, uh, these segments go a little bit faster than what we think, so I appreciate you coming on, spending some time with me and Jacob. I know Jacob has some questions, but uh, we, we have less than a minute before our break, so uh, I keep in contact, and uh, we'll probably bring you on next week to get an update on, on Tom Brady and, and some other things going up on the East Coast. Yeah, well, Tom Brady uh, will be on the field in front of the media for the first time tomorrow, and everybody up here is excited. I'm planning to attend, and uh just like the old days, all Brady, all the time. <laughs> yeah. Hey, John, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, John. Thank you, Jacob, and thank you, Lemont, and uh, really appreciate uh, the opportunity to speak with you all. All right. Talk to you soon. All right. Have a nice evening. All right. Hey, Jacob, it's time for us to take a quick break. After we come back from this break, we'll go around the NFL, plus we got our guest online named Michael out of Houston, so I want to get his call. Next on Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. The opening 
walk is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or an individual and you need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the Mega Life and Health Insurance Company can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and individuals just like you who need affordable health insurance to get it. So call us right now. 888-459-4825. 888 5-9-4-8-2-5. Don't take a risk with your family's health insurance. It's not worth it. If you're self-employed or an individual and you need affordable health insurance, call us now and see how we can help you. 888-459-4825. 888-459-4825. 888-459-4825. Home office, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Not available in all states. Benefits may vary by state. When I found out my jeans were made using child labor in sweatshops, I wrote a letter to the company saying, reconsider your labor practices. A few months later, I get a letter back saying, thanks for being a loyal customer, and they included a coupon for a 25% discount on their jeans. So I got smart, wrote letters every day to all the stores that carry the brand, asking them to stop supporting the companies who use child labor in sweatshops. And I just kept getting letters back, thanking me for my concerns, and more coupons for more discounts on more jeans. So I'm telling my friend about it, and she flips out, saying that between all the letters and coupons, some paper company cut down a small forest, driving off two indigenous tribes, hundreds of endangered animals, killing thousands of plant species, some of which may have contained vaccines for HIV, cancer, and syphilis. Meanwhile, the guys cutting down the trees are 13-year-old kids who work night and day for months just to save up enough money to buy a pair of jeans made by child labor in sweatshops. Saving the world isn't easy, but saving a life is. Just one pint of blood can save up to three lives. Visit bloodsaves.com to learn more. This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council. Hey, y'all. This is Stephen Cochran. As a country artist, I have traveled around this great country of ours, often meeting our brave men and women in uniform. And as a Marine and veteran of both the Iraq and Afghan conflict, I know how important it is to thank our troops who defend our freedom each and every day. One of the best ways to thank them is to give their children and spouses the gift of education. Scholarships for two years, four years, and vocational school. This is exactly what a national charity, Thanks USA, does. Please go to their website, www.thanksusa.org, to make a generous donation to the Thanks USA Scholarship Fund for the families of the troops, and I thank you. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. Jacob, segment three, you know what time it is. We go around the NFL, talk about some highlights, headlines from last week as well as this week. But before we go into the headlines, let's go ahead and 
and uh, talk about week two of Houston Texans OTAs. Uh, started this past Tuesday after the uh, holiday or the vacation, whatever you want to call it, day off. And this week, Jake, I want to kind of focus mainly on the offense last year. I mean, last week I focused on the defense. And a quick assessment for what I saw this week, uh, uh, all-pro wide receiver Andre Johnson looks great. It looks like he's about, he about to be back at the Pro Bowl caliber uh, season that he left off last year. Uh, the 2009 uh, tight end draft picks that the Texans drafted, James Casey and Anthony Hill, uh, was in the first unit mix. Casey pretty much played a lot in the slot. Uh, they use him in the slot formation, moving them around, uh, crossing routes, as well as uh, Anthony Hill. They use him in the do- double tight end set, playing opposite of uh, all-pro tight end uh, uh, O.D. Owen Daniels. So uh, all in all, the Texans look pretty good on the offensive side, which I, I didn't think they had a problem because they was clicking last year. They just made some adjustments as de- on defense. But uh, I think they'll be uh, improved uh, heading into the 2009 season. Yeah, I think the offense is going to be one of the strong points for the uh, Houston Texans. You know, I think my only concern with the offense is probably going to be at that quarterback quarterback position, uh, you know, with uh, a strong second-string quarterback going to, uh, you know, Minnesota in, in terms of Rosenthal. But uh, the offense is going to be pretty good. It's just a matter of, you know, what we're going to do about that quarterback position. Well, actually, the backup quarterback looks – I'm very impressed with Dan Orlowski. Uh, the guy they picked up from uh, Detroit, uh, I was kind of uh, a little nervous, didn't know what to think about him, coming from an 0-16 team. But this guy has great size, man. He has a quick release, and he look he look at, he look he looks good, man. For the B, you really couldn't tell the difference between him and Matt Schaub. So uh, I think with a, a great unit behind him and a great coaching staff, he'll do well. But uh, Jacob, I had a chance to do a quick interview with uh, with Houston Texans running back Ryan Moats. And a little backdrop, a little history of Ryan Moats for the listeners out there. Ryan was a young man with a running back from this past summer that got into it with the Dallas police officer. Uh, he was trying to attend the hospital where his mother-in-law was passing away from cancer. And uh, the news got me. The story went national a little bit there uh, when the cop refused to let him in to see his dying mother-in-law. So I'm going to go ahead and get our engineer, Justin, to go ahead and play that quick interview with, uh, with Matt uh, Rotes. I mean, Matt Moats, I'm sorry. This is Lemar Williams, host of Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Network. Today I'm at the Houston, Texas OTAs. I have run, Houston running back, Houston, Texas running back, Ryan Most with me this morning. Ryan, I uh, just want to ask you a few questions. Um, uh, how's the OTAs going thus far? It's going pretty good. We get you know consistency and especially getting a lot of work and uh, you know getting getting the um, you know the work of things and, and you know getting used to everything. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's going pretty good. I can't complain right now. Uh, Tell us a little bit. Uh, I know you had a tough off season. Uh, we're not gonna go into that, but uh, tell us how you were able to put that behind you and kind of prepare for this uh, this this training camp and as well as this season. Well, I, I look at it as a uh, as a somewhat of a kick in the butt. You know, it, it puts everything into perspective. Um, this this thing we call football, this thing we play, is a, is a gift and a gift from God, and and we get to do this for a living, and, uh, and that's a great thing. And my mother-in-law, you know, she was a great person, and she always uh, motivated me to 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 do well. Her and my mom, so you know, I'm I, I got another purpose to play for now. You know, so. I'm talking I'm talking with Houston, Texas running back Ron Moats. Uh, Ryan, throughout the draft and a little bit before the draft, uh, a lot of the local media was talking about the Texans need to draft a bigger back. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you think that's true? Well, I mean, um, there's no such thing as, you know, um, picking out one type. I mean, I guess we need, you know, a few different 
style of runner. So we, we do, we have that, and we're going to try our best to be the best we can this year. And I think we got a, a pretty good group um, that can do some special things together. So I'm looking forward to seeing what, what we can do this year. Uh, tell us a little bit about Chris Brown. He was injured last year. Uh, mm -hmm. How's his progression uh, thus far in uh, OTAs? Well, he looks pretty good. He, he, I mean, of course, he's a veteran and he's been doing it for a long time, and and uh, he knows the the, the way of, of things. And uh, you know, he he looks pretty good. I can't I can't say anything bad about him either. I mean, he's doing really well right now. Okay. Yeah. Well, Ryan, I'll thank you, man. Again, so my condolences out to you and your family. Thank you. Again, Jacob, I want to give thanks to Ryan Motes. Uh, Houston Texans running back for showing me some love and taking time out to OTA's practice uh, uh, earlier this week on Tuesday for a quick interview. Uh, but, Jacob, we got a call on hold, man. Been on hold for a while, a guy out of Houston named Mike. So I'm going to get Justin to go ahead and put him online. Go ahead, Justin, for me, please. Lemont, Jacob, thanks for having me on. Great show. Hey, Mike, Thank welcome you, Mike. to the show, man. You know, uh, there's something about football. You know, the NBA playoffs in high gear right now, baseball is what it is, but we're all excited about football. And, you know, without going on and on, I just think there's something about that game. It just represents the, the uh, quintessential American spirit that strategy, teamwork, endurance, and resiliency, and, you know, conquest, conquest through sacrifice. And, Jacob, you were talking about it earlier. Do you think the biggest challenge is at the quarterback position, not necessarily from his ability to produce. You know, we can do better in the red zone and cut down on uh, turnovers, but we need to find out whether or not this is a guy who's accident-prone or if Matt Schaub has just had some unfortunate breaks. And if we can keep him healthy a whole season, it might be fun to see what we can do. Uh, exactly, Mike. I think that's that's probably one of the uh, uh, biggest Achilles that the uh, Houston Texans is going to have to find out this year. Uh, you know, it's one of the uh, most important positions on the field, and you know he's your leader, and you definitely want to uh, know what that guy's made of. And uh, you know, last year he was, you know, he he suffered some injuries, and uh, we want to make sure number one that he's prepared to get through this season. But if he doesn't. We want to make sure that that second-string guy can come in and the offense lose, you know, nothing with him coming in. And I think that's very important this year. And, Lamont, since you're such an expert on defenses, you know, obviously our first-round draft choice was trying to shore up against the, the run. We've got a nice thick body from SC and Brian Cushing. What are you seeing out there at OTAs as far as what the defense capabilities are going to be this year? De defense, look, all in all, look pretty solid. Um, uh, I stated, I went on record stating that they made some great foundation picks this past draft. Uh, with Cushing and, and Baldwin as a slash DN, uh, maybe a stand-up linebacker. Uh, from what I observed this past week, and week, I mean week and a half on the defensive side, uh, Cushing, they have him lined up at the Sam linebacker, which is a strong side linebacker over the tight end. Uh, he looks pretty solid. He's able to get a good jam on these uh, on these tight ends. Uh, his, his hips are a little tight. Uh, I, I think his body is making that transition now from uh, training for combines and, and, and workouts now as his legs are starting to get back underneath him and he's starting to prepare for uh, uh, drops and cover two and cover three. So all in all, defense looks good, spearheaded by uh, D'Amico Ryan, holding it down in the middle, the middle linebacker. He was all pro uh, last year. And in the secondary, uh, a guy that really stands out in my opinion, a guy named Nick Ferguson. Yeah, he had a few injuries last year, but uh, so far in OTAs he looks solid. Uh, he had a knee scope, so uh, he's, he's moving around pretty quick. But it was another guy that the Texan drafted uh, late in the draft named uh, Bryce McCain, a little short, um, quick cornerback. Uh, he, he looked real great and uh, real good in 7-on-7 seven seven drills. He was able to get out his break a lot faster than what I thought 
and was able to knock down a, a couple of passes during the 707 drill uh, last week as well as this week. Well, I thank you guys for a great show and for a you know perspective that helps the uh, the seasoned expert. Uh, well, well, well let me cut in, uh, Mike, real quick, and I have a question for you as a fan. Uh, as a fan, uh, what is your expectations of the uh, Houston Texans uh, this year, and uh, and uh, how do you think they will finish? Well, my expectation is that a couple of years ago they had a gift wrapped 500 season. If Jacksonville wasn't resting up for the playoffs, I think it was probably really a seven and nine. Last year was an unfortunate eight and eight season. It probably could have been ten and six. I really do think they can go 10-6 and six and for the first time really compete within the division. The well-publicized communication problems that Peyton Manning's having with his new coaching staff, uh, some of the challenges that are up in the air uh, with Jacksonville. We'll see what Terry Collins and his, his old bones can continue to do up there in Tennessee. But maybe the first time we can really compete to, uh, to win the division. But, you know, you got to play the games. And, uh you know, I think it'll be interesting to see uh, what Dante Robinson does after he gets the chip off his shoulder uh, after having been franchised and shows up and, and leads uh, the team with D'Amico Ryans and everybody else. And I, I've always thought the team was capable of a lot, if not for their own uh, unfortunate shooting themselves in the foot. And I don't think 10-6 and 6 is crazy at all. Yeah, I, I really I, I have to agree with you there. I, I think I said 9-7 and 7 at the beginning of, uh, when the season, when the schedule was released. But I really, after being around them for two weeks now, I see uh, some potential in the team. I think they'll do well. Um, uh, my, my, the two biggest game on the schedule, in my opinion, is the second game of the season against Tennessee on the road. And right after the uh, break, uh, the bye week, they play Tennessee again on Monday night on primetime. So uh, if they're able to kind of go in into the second half of the season with a winning, winning record, I think they have a, uh, they play a lot of AFC, I mean NFC West teams on the back end of the schedule. So I think they'll be very uh, able to beat the 49ers and, and the Saints on the back end. So I, I really think they'll do well this year. Yeah, leadership and focus that can transcend the victories on the field. So we don't have anything like what happened out in Oakland last year, and uh, you know other unfortunate missed opportunities. I think they can uh, really make some noise. It'll be fun to be a fan down here. Yeah. Well, Mike, man, uh, I appreciate you checking out the show, continue to listen to the show each week, and feel free to call in if you want. You can always join us, me and Jacob, and uh, Jacob and I, I'm sorry, uh, on the show, and, and, and we welcome you back anytime. Thanks, Lamont. Thanks, Jacob. Have a thanks great for, rest of the show. Thanks for calling, Mike. Bye. All right. Jacob, we have less than a minute, so we'll come back after this short break, and we'll go around the NFL, talk about a few headlines, as well as wrap up the show. Next on Outside the Huddle with Lamont Williams and co-host, Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports what's it like what's it like it's lonely it's really lonely i miss my brother i miss my brother i'm surrounded by other people but it's not the same i've got other people around me but it's not the same 
It's pretty scary, but I don't let it rattle me. It's pretty me. scary, Ryan, but I don't let it rattle me. You always have to watch your back. There's no one to watch my back. I spend my whole day worried who's out to I'm get me. I'm always wondering who's out to get me. But I can take care of myself. But I can take care of myself. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. It's not like I have a choice. It's not like I have a choice. This'll all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. This'll all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. Go to jail for a gun crime and your family serves a sentence with you. Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Mom? Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? If I'm at soccer practice. What if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. The Sports Mavericks show redefines the elite athlete by bridging the gap between parents, athletes, and the community. Host Ida Moyer, a.k.a. the Oprah of sports, brings to the Voice America Network original programming, balancing the pursuit of academic excellence and sports participation. The Sports Mavericks show airs every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listeners will be engaged in straightforward talk, spontaneous and unscripted by the experts. Ida and her guests will explore the challenges of success and failure in sports and will help athletes and their parents navigate the transition from high school, college, and then on to the pros. We put fun back into sports and recognize role models in sports through our Sports Mavericks All-Star Award program. Tune in Tuesday evenings at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with Ida Mouillet and the Sports Mavericks show right here on The Voice. Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams and co host Jacob Greer. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. Jacob, um... We're in our last segment before we wrap up the show, so we'll go over a few headlines from last week and this week of the NFL. I want to talk about this uh, uh, NFL network being upset with John Gruden about taking the ESPN uh, Monday Night Football deal. Uh, to recap for the listeners out there, uh, it was an article or it was reported that NFL network boss Steve uh, Bornstein was furious over uh, John Gruden verbally committing to an analyst deal for the NFL network. But before the deal got executed, he signed with the ESPN, their partner ESPN, and took the Monday night deal. And uh, take my opinion on this here is that, you know, Mr. Mr. Bornstein, uh, you know, all I can say to him is pretty much welcome to the cutthroat business of the NFL. Uh, you know, 
you know, like the old saying, a deal is not a deal until it's executed. And and I, I kind of, if I had to step in John Gruden's shoes for a second, I'm, I'm not really mad at him. I think uh, he, he saw the end of the Monday Night Football spot as a, a bigger platform and more explo- uh, exposure throughout the year. And, you know, like we said last week, John Gruden can kind of come in and, and step in those big shoes of a John Madden which he retired earlier this year with his passion and his uh, desire for the football, for, for, for the NFL and for football. Well, uh, Lee, my, here's my thing about this John Gruden situation. You know, Steve uh, Bernstein, he had a chance to sign uh, John Gruden back. You know, if he allowed John Gruden to do the uh, NFL combines in an NFL draft without a contract. And so, you know, I think it's kind of like mud in his face because he assumed that John Gruden was going to sign that contract. Uh, so, you know, he's a little bit upset, but I think, you know, like you said, John Gruden saw the, NFL, you know, the Monday Night Football as a bigger platform. And, you know, just like any employee, you know, they're going to go where the pastors are much more greener, and that's what happened in this situation. Yeah. As, you know, last week, owners met, and they, when they wrapped up their meeting, they all agreed on, on this new uh, voting last week to allow teams to, uh, you know, sign licensing deals with uh, state lottery uh, sponsors. And, and Jacob, you know, with the weak economy now, you know, with our weak economy in 2009 thus far, you know, I, I like this move for two reasons. Uh, I like, you know, uh, first of all, other professional leagues are, are doing it. You know, NBA and the major league are doing They have, like, uh, lottery tickets and scratch-offs for uh, – uh, with the team logos on there, and, and for the second second reason, uh, I did some research, and you know, in Massachusetts lottery last year generated well, the last three years they generated somewhere like six hundred thirty-two million. So that's a lot of money, man. That's a big pie, and and I, I saw that. I mean, with the you know, league trying to find ways to generate more money, bring more revenue to the table, I feel like uh, they made a great move by accepting this this deal and, and now open up the doors for the lottery officials to come in and, and, and split that pie. Well, well, uh, Lemont, one thing you got to understand is people can identify with uh, sports teams. And, uh, you know, here's a situation where, you know, not only it's going to benefit the NFL, but it's going to, you know, benefit, you know, you know, all the counties that are located in states and, you know, parishes, you know, within Louisiana. But uh, I think it's a great move for the NFL to, uh, to uh, you know, do a joint venture with these lotteries because the more money that, you know, they can produce for their league, you know, the better things are going to be for the athletes and the owners as well. Yeah, yeah. Another, another couple more articles came out. The most important one I want to talk about is uh, uh, my former team, the uh, Washington Redskins. Uh, uh, the league is pretty much doing an investigation on them as far as uh, they, they came out with well, Tennessee Titans uh, reported that they committed tampering uh, by signing uh, a D-tackle Albus Hangworth uh, and doing free agency. But little little uh, knowledge for the listeners out there, tampering pretty much is when a team, uh, another team contacts a player that's actually still on the current contract with the team he, he originally signed with. Uh, Jacob, I mean, for the most part, man, you know, this type of things happen all the time in the NFL. I was really surprised that Tennessee Titans kind of registered these charges with the league. But uh, I, I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, the Redskins got who they wanted. And, and it, I mean, what, what, 
what's the worst can happen? They'll lose a draft pick in next year's draft, which will hurt them in the long run. But uh, I, I just think it happens often throughout the league, and you just can't cry with spilled milk. Well, Lamont, you, you, you know, Lamont, one of the things that you have to understand is, is that, you know, Tennessee has to prove that, you know, there was tampering. And I don't know if they can, you know, prove that. If you're talking about, you know, a, you know, a source or a player or someone associated with the Redskins, you know, going up and talking to Hainsworth, then, you know, that's, 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 that's not tampering. But, you know, when you're, when you're courting the guy to come over, then I think you get into that tampering uh, stage. And, Lamont, I, I just think Tennessee is crying foul. And, you know, hey, Washington got a great defensive end. Yeah, well, uh, man. Now, like I said, it happens quite often throughout the league, and you know that's the way of doing business. This guy signed a hundred million dollar deal. You think that deal got done within forty eight hours? No, I think they started negotiations probably a week week before, you know, off the record, and and, and once the free agent market opened up, they said, all right, these the number here's here's the numbers, and let's move forward. So, like I said, man, uh, with all these agents out here nowadays, and it's a cutthroat business. I think this stuff happens quite often. But uh, Jacob, uh, 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 Chad, uh, Chad Ochocinco was in the news last week. Uh, Carson Palmer, uh, the quarterback there, is pretty much, I think, uh, fed up with the Chad Ochocinco uh, circus for the most part. Uh, Chad didn't report to OTAs last week, and, and, and Carson Palmer went on a radio show last week, and he stated that uh, he's frustrated with Ochocinco, and, and for the most part they're moving forward. Uh, he really didn't talk too much about Chad Ochocinco, but he just said he was disappointed. And, and in order for him to get to that level as far as making it to the Super Bowl, Chad needs to show up. Well, uh, you know, yeah, Palmer's a little bit upset, but you got to understand, you know, he's already lost one receiver to Seattle and TJ. And, you know, he, he needs, he needs uh, 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 Chad to, uh, you know, be, be, be in practice so, you know, they make sure everything is on the same page. And I think he was a little bit more upset with, you know, Chad not being there than, you know, the possibility of Chad not being with the team. So, you know, it happens, but I'm sure once Chad, you know, shows up, everything is going to be fine. Yeah. Well, Jacob, this, you know, we have less than a minute to wrap up the show. And I, I just want to go ahead and send our condolences out, man, to Mike Tyson and his family. Uh, uh, he had a tragic loss in his family. This, this uh, well, last within the last 48 hours, his, 40, his four-year-old daughter died from a, a freak accident at his house with his treadmill, so uh, we normally give condolences to people at the beginning of the show, and, and we had a bunch of stuff going on earlier, but I just want to go and send our condolences out to Mike Tyson and his family before we wrap up the show. Absolutely, I agree. All right, I want to thank you all out there for listening to Outside the Huddle with Lee Mott Williams and co-host Jacob Greer. Have a blessed week, and remember, sports plus business equals wealth. Thanks for joining Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer. We're back next week for another live show, Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Check back with us on the Voice America Sports Channel.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.